what's up everybody and welcome to uh january 5th january 5th and it is four degrees outside if you can hear any background noise which might include things such as the uh heater under my desk usually i turn that off for the podcast but um in the interest of not losing any extremities in my on my body i am going to keep it on because my foot is actually on it resting and getting a little bit warmer because it is for rigid four degrees outside um i know it's kind of hard to maybe piece together but th- but i am in my house this is actually my basement i turn it into a nice giant office but that back there is an external wall and so is that which means that they are very cold and then of course the floor is touching the ground because i'm in a basement because why wouldn't it but um <laughs> long story short everything is freezing now technically speaking the floor doesn't touch the ground i've got these um what are they called? I don't even know what they're called, but they're, it's, think of it as plywood, but on the plywood, there's a bunch of rubber feet, and so it actually lifts up the floor, maybe, um, there's about a quarter inch gap underneath, so some air can run under there, and then I'm on, got carpet on top of that, and, um, just makes things a little bit nicer, and actually a little bit softer, too, than just hard concrete, and warmer, for that matter, but anyways, if you hear that background noise, um, I apologize, but, uh, (laughs) I'm not I'm not shutting it off this week because holy goodness it is cold and if you're anywhere near this uh this, this like weather pattern thing that is basically destroying the I don't know uh middle of the country all the way to the east coast with the the bomb that's hitting the cyclone bomb or whatever they call it yeah uh you, you know exactly what we're dealing with but anyways folks on to the show on to the goodness uh this week well, this is kind of uh, pre-week because it's, we're in this awkward position where we had New Year's at the beginning of the week, so it was a shorter week, and then we have CES next week, and it's a lot of companies are like tossing things out, and and you know here here's here's my big caveat. So I'm headed to CES next week. I'm actually leaving on Monday, uh, and then taking a red eye home. Let's see, Wednesday night, so I'll be home. Like my flight lands at like 5 a.m. Thursday morning or something. Something crazy like that. There's some good stuff going on at CES, and that, which is why we're going. But here's here's always my caveat with CES. A whole bunch of crap is going to get announced. And I mean a whole bunch of crap. We're already starting to see some of that stuff. Lenovo's announced some laptops. Um, we all know that Dell is going to do this. Samsung's going to do it. There's going to be TVs. There's going to be fridges. There's going to be blenders that probably have Google Home built into it. And refrigerators that have Bixby built into it by Samsung. All this stuff is going to get announced. And very, very, very tiny fractional amounts of it is actually going to be available uh, this month. These are going to be things that are going to launch throughout the year. And it's just kind of like a cheap PR way for some of these companies. And then there's a whole bunch of companies that are going to be at CES this year that won't exist. They basically go to CES trying to launch a product. They don't get enough hype or whatever around it. Then they just fold up shop and come back next year with another product. And so, yeah. And so that's CES. I I have a very much love-hate relationship to it. But the nice thing is is that a lot of companies are there. We can go out there and meet and talk with them. Like, it's good for just blogging relationships to go meet with Lenovo and Dell and Samsung and LG. So that guys continue to talk to us and provide us information that we need it uh, and, and having all that good stuff going on. And so I am going to that. Uh, the big things that I, I know are going to be happening, we're going to see a lot of Intel chips with Vega, which is the AMD um, branded uh, graphics driver instead of NVIDIA. Uh, the story behind that, which we all kind of know at this point, is Intel is more scared of NVIDIA than they are AMD. So, you know, 
yeah, you can put those pieces together. We're also going to see some ARM laptops. At least we know of one from Lenovo. I'm going to be looking for that one. Hopefully we'll get more time, hands-on time with it. That's kind of, I'm hoping we don't go there and it's like behind glass and they're like, oh, you can't touch this, but you can look at it. I don't know if we'll see anything from Dell. Um, obviously HP has already announced one. We've seen some other stuff out there. And so we are going to be, uh, you know, looking for, <laughs> looking for that. Ah, yes. So, da, 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 da. wow. So, Microsoft Office News says Calendar is joining Outlook.com beta. Keep an eye out as we toggle and we roll us out. So, they're basically updating, um, updating the calendar for Outlook, which is finally because it is pretty bad. <laughs> that is the, the joys of a live show I can actually do. So, I'm staring at seven different things at once. Um, but anyway, so we got that going CES. That's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm not, the TV stuff is no longer really interesting because we're not doing 3D TVs anymore. It's going to be like OLED displays and all that stuff. And they will pitch, this is always my thing, a deeper black. I love that every year. Every year it's like, we got the deepest blacks. And it's like, you said that last year. It's just black. There's only one color of black. But anyways, that stuff's there. There's going to be a whole bunch of drones and other stuff. We'll see what else has up their sleeve. But uh, walk the show floor for a couple days. Hang out with some uh, friends and Microsofties and all that good stuff. And we'll, we'll just see what's going on out at CES. Uh, other kind of personal news, but not really personal news. Uh, I, I think, yeah... Now, I'm going to say this, and then I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but I'm pretty sure, I'm like 90% sure this is going to happen. I think I'm going to build a new rig. Now, which is funny because last week I said, hey, look, this is everything that I use, but I think I'm going to go for a system upgrade. My old, my current one is two years old, and um, we're going to be, getting, well, I won't explain why we're, why I want to do this yet. We'll, we'll get to that at a later time, but um podcasting, streaming, and video editing, and all that stuff, you know what, it's always kind of nice to be on the, the higher end of that, because right now I'm looking at it with my um, quad-core CPU currently, to do this podcast, I am using, uh, we'll just say 60% CPU, 60% CPU, uh, actually the temperatures are pretty good at about 50 degrees Celsius, we're looking at about 60% RAM usage across the entire machine right now, so it hits pretty hard on this, and um, if if I the, one of the questions is somebody says, hey, Brad, why don't you ever have a guest on? And so it's not that I'm opposed to that, although that kind of breaks the, the statue of the show. It's that it is a ridiculously complex and it hits your machine pretty hard. And so, I, you know, given the opportunity to build a new machine, I think I might go there. I think I might go there. And so I'm going to share some initial specs, I think, and because... Everybody has opinions about PC part usage, but I, I don't know if I'm going to go AMD, and I'll I'll explain why maybe in another, when I actually go to build this thing. But I'm thinking maybe I might actually go kind of big here with an Intel Core i9 7900X. Yeah, get 10 core processor. Um, one of the reasons why is that Intel still kind of rules the thing, rules the world on single threaded performance. AMD. There's nothing wrong with Threadripper. I actually quite like Threadripper, to be honest. I like what it's doing to the market. I'm actually very happy that AMD is doing all that stuff. But on a per-core performance basis, which is what um, the software that I use for podcasting is based off of, for example, XSplit, which is what I use, deals better with single-core performance rather than having 7 million cores. 7900X might be a little bit better. Um, and then just kind of basic stuff from there, probably 32 gigs of RAM, an Asus Prime motherboard, 
a Kraken X62. Um, the, the case might be um, by a company called Be Quiet, but we'll see. We'll see. That's just kind of where I'm thinking. I, you know, if anybody has any really strong feedback, uh, yeah. I'd be, I'd be curious to know. But anyway, so I'm thinking about that. And I'm, I'm going to like truly build this thing. I'd actually might even live stream it. Uh, I haven't built a true rig in a while. I've bought some like custom designed rigs. Actually, the one that I'm on now is like semi-custom. I built about half of it. And actually, I bought it. <laughs> I bought it and then somebody else built it. And then I kind of redid the whole thing. So I might truly build this one from scratch. And that I'll be curious to see how that goes. But uh, yeah, so maybe, maybe a new rig. Not fully decided if I'm going to go that route yet. But anyways, uh Big news of the week. This is there's a couple big things that happened this week, and so obviously everybody is up in arms about this Intel vulnerability. Uh, there's also one for AMD for ARM for basically every CPU it's using that uses speculative reading or whatever it's called. I'm going to be the first to admit I am not a uh, CPU architect <laughs> expert by any capacity. I'm not even a security researcher. I don't pretend to play one on the internet. So I'm going to, uh, if you want some seriously deep dive information, I recommend go finding a, a technical blog and, and reading that. But at a super high level, the ELI-5, or explain like I'm 5, uh, breakdown of what this is, is that there are private memory sectors of the CPU that can be read by unauthorized software. So imagine your CPU has parts that are supposed to be secret and secure, such as where your passwords are stored and that type of memory. And then there's unsecured portions of the CPU. And basically what somebody figured out is that those unsecured portions of the CPU can very easily read the private portions of the CPU very easily. And so it's a big deal. It really is. And I don't want to underscore. And there's patches out now, but I don't. the patches are more of a workaround than a direct fix. And so the, the question comes down to everyone is wondering, you know, am I screwed? And so to be honest, no, you're not. It, it, unless you are a nuclear scientist uh, working for like the CIA or some secretive government or a head of state or something like that, the likelihood of somebody trying to hack my current computer is probably, to be honest, pretty low. What do you, you're gonna you're not gonna get a whole lot by by hijacking my machine, um, and you've faced that type of threat from malware forever, and so on an individual basis, it's not that big of a deal. Now, for somebody like Amazon, for somebody like Google, for somebody like Microsoft who has a cloud service that has a whole bunch of great data that people would love, yeah, this is a very big deal to them and any enterprise for that matter. So, those operations should be concerned in looking at. Uh, alternative solutions of figuring out how to best protect themselves but on an individual is your laptop at risk i wouldn't be too worried about it right now and plus it seems like a lot of fixes already out but it is something that you should be aware of and just kind of underscores everything else that nothing is unhackable everything is going to be broken into at some point it's just a matter of time and so just always kind of keep that in the back of your mind when whatever you're doing online and you will probably be um You'll probably be fine. But what the, the interesting thing here is that the, the, the timing of this release is right before CES. And Intel always does a big press thing at CES. And you have to think that this is going to underscore some of that message. And they're going to have to address it. They can't get up on stage and just be like, oh, yeah, our stuff's all great. Everything's good and kosher. But it's really not. It's really, really not. I mean, this is a design flaw that goes back, I think, like 20 plus years. It's a very huge issue uh, at, at a top level now for the individual like i said not so much but for the large companies yeah it is and especially for intel because this is a design flaw in their stuff 
And um, it, it'll be interesting to watch as how they navigate around this. And they can't really beat around the bush. They're trying to put a PR spin onto it, saying it's not that big of a deal. For certain workloads, it's a, up to a 30% performance cut in very strict scenarios. It seems like anybody who has a Skylake or newer CPU isn't really infected by the performance. And so it's a fun time. It's a fun time to watch all this stuff. And it's honestly just a sobering reminder of that software is software it's written by humans it's not it's not perfect and there will be bugs and flaws and this one existed for a very long time and it honestly makes you wonder how long it was out in the wild that people knew about it before and exploited um before before it was told um yeah so anyways uh that is that definitely go read up on that if that sounds like something you care about uh okay so i get i get this question surprisingly more often than you would think People look at market share and they look at edge and they look at market share numbers and then they look at edge. They look at it again and look at it and say, why is Microsoft investing in a browser? Why are they doing this? Why don't they just fold up shop like they've done in other things like with Windows Phone and all that stuff and just walk away and just be like, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, first off, Microsoft is not leaving the browser market. Absolutely not. They never will. They can't. They, they won't. It's not happening. Uh, put all those rumors to bed. I know too many people in that area and none of them said that's all crazy talk. So let me kind of explain to you how Edge and why Edge, and it's never going away. One, it's going to always be baked into the OS. And in fact, now that Microsoft has the, the handcuffs off, it's being baked deeper into the OS. For example, we all know that if you do a Cortana search, guess what you're using? You're using Edge. Uh, the other big thing here, too, is Sets that is that is launching supposedly in the upcoming or wait, no it's not in the next release i think it's in redstone 5 which would be the fall uh, i don't know if it's going to hit this spring or not but um that is integrated with edge so microsoft is i'm going to use the word forced here but they are conveniently allowing you to only use edge in their productivity scenarios and that's going to drive up market share, and it's going to drive up user adoption. And what they hope is that one day you'll be like, oh gosh, I'm using it in sets, I'm using it with Cortana, why don't I just use it as my main browser? Uh, now, everybody has their own personal favorite browser. It could be Firefox Quantum, could be the latest Google Chrome, it could be Edge, it could be whatever. It could be Opera, You could, or it could be Brave, you could be happy with whatever you're doing. But Microsoft is hoping that by making it, uh, only allowing you to use Edge in certain scenarios that are baked into the OS, that you're just going to say, ah, you know what, I'm using Edge everywhere else to be convenient if everything just kind of worked there. And that's their long-term strategy. They are absolutely not shutting down Edge. Uh, the, the person who was writing some of this stuff up um, should be chastised publicly, but I'm not even going to give them a, <laughs> a quick mention because it's dumb. It's ludicrous. Edge is here to stay, and Microsoft is going to force its way into greater market share. As long as Windows stays relevant, um, now if Windows ever collapses... And I don't see that happening in the immediate future, but in long term, you know, it, the usage is probably going to drop some. I, I fully believe that. But as long as Edge is or Windows is still around, Edge Edge isn't going anywhere. So, um, for all the haters, I I don't understand why you would want fewer browsers. Nobody wins in that scenario. And so there you go. There you go, guys. Uh, other things that are happening this week. So I got a good tip from Andy Andy Ridding, I believe is how you pronounce his name. So he, he messaged me and he says, hey, I've got a Windows 10 S machine on the Insider and now I have Windows 10 Pro. Uh, how did this happen? And so he said basically he thinks he got it from Windows Insider. And so I have a Windows 10 or I had a Windows 10 S machine right here, which is just a Surface Pro. And so it was on Windows 10 S. I kept it on that for you know using 
purposes and all that, just so I'm aware of it. And I enrolled it in the Insider program, and then it updated. And when it updated, and after it rebooted, I suddenly had Windows 10 Pro, but not really. So it in the bottom right corner, the little watermark that you get on the Insider program, it says Windows 10 Pro. If you go to About and look at your PC settings, it says you have Windows 10 Pro. But if you go to install a third-party app like Chrome or any .exe file, uh, you can't do it. You can't run command prompt. You can't do anything else. So there's some clearly some wires crossed here. I believe Windows 10s is still on this machine, but it's very confusing. Microsoft acknowledged the bug. Um, they said they're working on it, but uh, yeah, so that was a little scoopette, if you want to call it. It's dumb, whatever. But so just be aware that if you're on Windows 10s and you're in the Insider program, it's probably going to tell you you're actually on Windows 10 uh, Pro at this point, which is kind of awkward for Microsoft. But at the end of the day, though, I can't imagine that if you if you deliberately bought a machine with Windows 10s, so a Surface laptop, I think is really the only machine you would buy, and, and you kept it on that, you didn't take advantage of the free upgrade offer. I don't think you're the type of person who's going to be enrolling in the Insider program anyways. I bet that demographic is very, very, very tiny uh, at this time. I can't see why you would actually do that. So anyways, just be aware of that. Uh, other things too. So finally this week we got a look at the, uh, not a look, but a price point for that Cortana-based thermostat from Johnson Controls. This is really interesting. It's a pane of glass. And do I have a picture of it? No, I don't. Uh, poor, poor setup for Brad. But um, it's basically a pane of glass with a little like module at the bottom. You mount it to your wall. It uses Cortana and can help you just control the temperature in your house, just like a Nest or any other smart connected thermostat. I, I have very mixed opinions on this thing. First off, it's going to retail for $319. That is a lot of money for a thermostat. A lot of money for a thermostat. Pricing aside, it looks beautiful. Now, it's not going to ship, I believe, until March of this year. The questions that I have about it are performance. Like, it's a pane of glass. Like, is the is the UI fast and fluid, as Microsoft uh, used to say in their marketing stuff? Does it actually work? Like, how, how are the microphones? Can you talk to it? And all this good stuff. Like, um, this is Gen 1, and I'll be very curious to see how long this product lives. Um, I have... I don't blame anybody who looks at this thing and says, Microsoft has a really poor track record of supporting this stuff. Why would I buy into it? Um, but that option will be available this spring if you want to hook it up to your furnace and AC. Um, because it's from Johnson Controls, I'm relatively, I feel relatively confident that, hey, there's not going to be any major bugs that are going to like thrash your furnace or your air conditioning unit. Uh, but that being said, being Gen 1, and you, you do kind of get a little... Um, unnerving hooking this thing up to that stuff because if you have a furnace and air conditioning unit uh which is like i do and i know i'm gonna have to replace here probably in the next two years it's about 10 grand and so it's like ugh, uh, just be kind of cautious if if that's your thing uh other things that happened this week that i uncovered i don't know i guess a good week of writing or whatever um if you remember last year in august 30th specifically uh, amazon and microsoft announced that cortana and um <laughs> i don't want to say the name uh, echo they could talk to each other and that it was going to bring compatibility to Windows 10 desktop and then you'd be able to talk to the voice assistants with crosstalk and all this stuff and good features coming about and they said it would be there by the end of the year. It's the end, Well, it was the end of the year and that never materialized. So I emailed both companies and they both re basically responded back with it will happen soon. Neither one will say what's going on. I don't know if we're going to see anything at CES next week if like they have some sort of announcement there and that's when they're going to launch it. But... Uh, yeah, so it, it didn't happen by the first of the year. 
a little embarrassing, I guess, on both companies' part that they made a public promise and didn't deliver, but there you go. And also, if you were using Groove Music, as we all know, Groove Music is now gone. Groove, the music player, is still there technically, but you can no longer buy music through that subscription stuff. And uh, last little note here, I get this question a couple times, is that people keep asking, is Redstone complete? Um, actually, it's pretty close. So Microsoft is rapidly approaching, I want to say here within the next week or two, I believe it's when they hit feature lockdown, because you got to remember they want about eight-ish weeks to harden up the harden up the, the operating system, which basically means that features are just going to trickle in now. We kind of got a massive swath of stuff earlier or late last year. And so now they're kind of at the point where they need to stabilize. So there's not going to be a whole lot of new introductions going forward. The one thing I still haven't heard about is Cloud Clipboard. Um, I did ping a couple people, and it sounds like it might be not making it into this release, but um, it's not fully finalized. But we will see, and you know, that's going to be disappointing because then, yeah, uh, that's like the one feature I've been waiting for. But anyways, so that feature, da, 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 I don't know. Um, there's not a whole lot else coming. I can tell you that it, like the big stuff I believe for the most part is done. Um, there might be a few couple minor surprises coming up, but don't, don't expect a whole lot. Don't, don't really, um, because they, they got to ship it. They, they, they always say with what is the end of the third month. So end of March, um, in the middle of June or middle of June, middle of January, they have to be done because then they need eight weeks to finish it. Then they need about two weeks, uh, two to three weeks to get it, um, basically, you know, hardened up and then shipped out and then on production machines and all that good stuff. And so these things approach very quickly, which means, yeah, so they, they don't have much time here. They don't, they don't have much time because they got to get all those bugs out. So that's about uh, it for this week, guys. I didn't do a question throw this week because I completely candidly forgot. But um, the tip of the week, guys, look at look for trends this week. One of the other trends I'm going to be looking to see is what's happening to the classic USB port, the USB Type A. Is that going to be? Is this going to be the start of companies really embracing the new Type C form factor? Hopefully with Thunderbolt, but we don't quite know yet. Uh, we will. I'm going to be seeing here what the trending is. What's what's going on with USB type A? Because hopefully it has to start phasing out at some point. Apple's already gone down that route. Microsoft is very slowly going down that route. But if the likes of like HP, Dell and Lenovo really, really start, you know, kind of chewing down that path of, of getting rid of type A, then we'll finally start to see the adoption of type C, which I'm all for. Hopefully type C with Thunderbolt would be ideal. But you know what? We'll we'll take one battle at a time. But um with that being said, guys, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. I will be on the road next week, and I should be able to do a podcast because I will be back. But look for a lot of good coverage and tweets and all that good stuff about what is going on in the world of CES. And thanks for tuning in. <laughs>